Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the third Impact Anime Podcast. I am your friend, your New Year's baby. It's me, it's Andrew, uh, your first time host, actually, for this, you know, sinking ship, I guess, since they let me pilot it. But uh, yeah, uh, and I am joined by my lovely boy, Bill. Hi, Andrew. You know what I'm really excited to talk about? Uh, what is it? The long pauses that happen in the show. All right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm also joined by another boy, uh, Tobias. Get it together. 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 Yeah. Get it together. She carry. Get it together. She carry. Get it together. 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 All right. Okay. Stop. Get it together. Stop it. Get it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. If you didn't already know already by the sort of blatant reference that Tobias just offered. Uh, we're talking about Azumanga Daio today. Um, but before we get into like the nitty gritty and start talking about the show a lot, I want to ask you guys what you've been watching, what you've been playing, what you've been doing. So for me, I the only anime I've been really watching as I finished up in its entirely the Captain Harlock series uh, SSX Arcadia My Youth Endless Orbit, which yep. is the continuation of the Arcadia My Youth movie. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's probably the, the second best uh, Captain Harlock thing ever made. Uh, it has a really great uh, soundtrack. And if, if you love just the whole um, plot line of Captain Harlock and his adventures in space and trying to find Arcadia and dealing with uh, aliens that are trying to uh, rule over Earthlings. Uh, you'll probably like it. Uh, it has very kind of 70s pacing, so if you're not mm -hmm. a big fan yeah. of that, I, I probably wouldn't advise it. But um, I think it, it holds up pretty well. The animation, I think, is, is pretty good for its time. Um, and it has a, it has a, like a nice... Uh, neat endings so i would recommend you watch arcadia my youth then you go watch uh ssx uh, which is only uh 22 episodes because uh, sadly it was supposed to have a much longer run but it got canceled because uh at the time gundam came into the mainstream consciousness in japan and just overtook it in terms of popularity mm. uh and then after ssx you we pretty much don't need to watch any other any any of the other Captain Harlock stuff because what I've looked into the other stuff is not that great. Uh, and I think uh, in, I think Endless Orbit okay. is also all on um, all on Crunchyroll too, right? Yes, uh, the uh, Endless Orbit is all on Crunchyroll, and you also have the earlier '60s show, which um, is an interesting historical piece, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it because. Uh, it's 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 even slower than uh, SSX. So. Yeah, you're all about like interesting historical pieces, Bill. You know you you are the biggest Lupin fan I've ever seen. Well, probably you're tied at first for biggest Lupin fan I've ever seen. Well, who's who? Who am I competing against for number one? Um, Daryl Surratt. 
I don't. I don't know if uh, Daryl Strat would be the number one uh, Lupin fan. Oh, Not Lupin. Uh, it's Lu- he, it's he Lupin. Gut punch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think he he's he's a man of many fandoms, uh, but in uh, otherwise, I've been playing a lot of games. Uh, mostly, I beat Borderlands Three, which wow. uh, okay. to keep to keep it short, uh, the gameplay is great, the okay. story and humor is not so great. <laughs> I, I I would agree. Uh, yeah, I would say like the story really drops the boat compared to two, which was actually had a, a pretty good story, and the humor mm-hmm. is very much from two thousand twelve. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it was dated before it was even released. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, any anyone any uh, video game that's doing still doing cryptocurrency references and uh, has a mission where you have to release the dank the dank memes. <laughs> over the... <laughs> God. Oh, man. I just I just go why why are you doing this to yourself? I was playing it and I was. God, it was hurting me to continue. Yeah. But um, in terms of a much better story, I started Pillars of Eternity 2. Nice. Um, okay. Which uh, I tried to play the first game, but I suck at pause and play combat. Uh, so I decided to do uh, the sequel because they have a turn-based option, okay. which is uh, much easier for me to wrap my head around. And I really like it because you're in the archipelagos tied by island settings. So you got a ship nice. and you're, you're going around the different islands dealing with different factions, very similar to kind of New Vegas with its faction system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have not played the first game, but I feel like um, I kind of understood the characters and I uh, didn't feel that lost, which was good. You should go play Sea of Thieves sometime. Ah, a very similar um, game to Pillars of Eternity, of course. Yes, extremely. <laughs> extremely <laughs> similar. Uh, sure, if you like ships, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could see that. Is that is um, this still Xbox only, or do they move that PC? Or uh, it's it's on. It should be. It's on PC. Okay. So you got you got PC and Xbox. Those those mm-hmm. are your options at the moment. What about you, Tobins? So uh, we're recording this not too long after our Weathering With You episode, uh, which I mentioned because I really haven't done much beyond what we talked about on that one. Uh, it's been kind of a busy a busy week in the life for, for Toby over here in real life. Uh, the main thing being that I'm, I'm, I'm leaving Asheville finally. I'll be moving to Greenville yeah. here uh, shortly, maybe in about a month or so. So I'm trying to get all my, uh, you know, real life stuff settled for that uh as for kind of the stuff i've been doing casually in between that uh, i'm still kind of chugging along in pokemon sword i uh beat the uh well i saw credits i'll say that uh yeah i'm now champion of the world the region of galar i guess but there's a lot of uh post post game stuff to do which i'm really glad for since the main story up to that point uh was a little bit lacking i think compared to some of the other games so i'm glad there's more stuff to do after the fact I'm I'm super happy you mentioned that because uh, uh, I kind I think I'm on the poison gym now or something. Okay. Uh, maybe psychic gym. Um, and uh, I'm really glad that you uh that that you said that there's some some post game incentive to want to play. 
yeah. uh, you know, because like the last Pokemon game that I played was X, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was really fun, but uh, you know, you, you sort of get bogged down, uh, especially after you beat the game. Trying to, you know, if you want to keep playing, then you have to sort of find your own fun. So I'm really glad that there's a, a an avenue after after you beat the game to keep playing. Yeah, and I feel like after the story, there's still going to be a lot of the same grinding that's in the the previous games. But mm-hmm. kind of like what I've thought that overall, I feel like this next this this gen has been a lot better about grinding because it throws all this rare candy at you it throws the experience candies at you you know it keeps the experience share on so you kind of have this mentality of you know no matter who you have on your team you're going to be getting experience so i feel like it makes grinding as a whole easier than previous games Mm -hmm. and uh i'd like the idea of the uh, dynamax and gigantamax raid battles although they after doing a, a few of them they feel a little like they're bogging the game down i don't know if i'll still enjoy grinding away at the max raid battles you know months from now uh i do like seeing the new forms and the rare forms with the gigantamax you know the special gigantamax stuff so that's that's neat at least yeah i know they're going to keep releasing more of those and with the new expansion pass uh that's coming eventually we'll see even more more Mm -hmm. stories so i will definitely be picking that up because uh it definitely has flaws it's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination but it is if it's been a fun pokemon experience so uh, i dig it but uh mm-hmm. yeah just kind of casually playing that uh i've been watching uh of this season i've been watching keep your hands off a uh, though i am still behind on that i've still only watched the first two episodes as of this recording i am i'm a bad geek but uh a is amazing and you should watch it uh it's just a great it's a great love letter to the animation process and just a great story and i think it's gonna be one of those things that we will definitely remember uh, when we start doing our podcast, you know, the best of 2020s in about 10 years, for okay. sure. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, nice. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, and I, I, you probably haven't been seeing it, but uh, we at Third Impact Anime are big fans of Bladeback Camp and uh, their little short gap uh, between the next season, Room Camp, their, their short anime is airing this season yeah so if you like more laid back camp goodness i would highly suggest checking out room camp and also uh izoken as tobias mentioned i'm also a bad geek i've only seen like the first episode but uh based on what i've seen like if if you're a person that's a creative and loves the creative process i think you'll really like this show yep izoken rules uh I've been playing uh, Total War Warhammer 2 and watching... Which uh, is just like Laidback Camp. <laughs> which is just like Laidback Camp. Total Laidback uh, War. I, yeah, Total Warhammer Camp. Yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at it, uh, but I'm learning. And I'm having a good time learning. And uh, what I've been watching this season, I've been watching, uh, of course, Room Camp, which is, you know, it's really sweet and good. Um, they're, they're hunting for... Uh, they're hunting for uh, stamps. They're getting stamps in a little booklet across uh, across their region, I guess. All these different yeah. campsites. Yeah, but like plot and laid back camp, they they don't really mix. So don't it it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter that they're getting stamps. Just watch it. You're watching it for the characters. Um, I've also been watching uh, Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga, which uh, you know is yet another uh, adaptation of Oda Nobunaga in animation. 
Um, but this one I like. He's reincarnated as an uh, Shiba Inu, and uh, it's pretty cute. It's a pretty good show. It's definitely up my alley. I only watch nothing shows. So, Azumanga Daio uh, first released uh, as original manga from Kaihiko and Azuma back in 1999. Uh, it was licensed by, in the US by ADV, and then Yen Press has picked it up now, and they've released a big old omnibus, so it's really easier to read. I think that, uh, I think, Basil, did Basil talk about the uh, Azumanga omnibus in his, uh, uh, like, one-shot manga panel? Uh, I... Didn't see he, he might have. I, I had to duck out halfway through, but you can easily pick it up. I actually just oh, checked yeah. right stuff, and it is there right now. It's a twenty-five bucks list and on sale at Rice Stuff for eighteen seventy-four. So mm-hmm. for under twenty bucks, you can pick up this big old book that I've got it right here. It's like five hundred plus six hundred pages of manga. Yeah, it's a it's a it's definitely a honker. Yeah, it's a, it's a big chonking chonking thing. <laughs> um, but uh, so original manga by Kaihiko Azuma. He he's the he's currently putting out uh, Yotsubato, which is uh, probably my favorite manga. So it's a little green-haired girl. Uh, we'll we'll talk about her a little bit later. So the anime was produced by JC Staff. Uh, what other shows have they done, guys, that you can think of off the top of your head? Um, I mean, Revolution of Girl Utena. Any type of romance show, they've probably done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were most prolific, what, in like the early 2000s? Doing a lot, a lot of series. Yeah. It was like them and Gonzo just pumping out like a lot of shows. Azumanga Web Dio was a short ONA series in 2000 designed to gauge uh, whether a full anime would be sort of viable. viable. Uh, I don't know a lot about Azumanga Web Dio. Uh, Tobias, can you talk a little bit about it? Uh, I wouldn't be able to. I don't have much personal experience. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that we have this ONA short of the year of our Lord 2000. It's kind of on the cusp there of uh, not even Web 2.0. I don't think we were quite that era yet. Uh, so this was kind of released as a like a, a, a like a pay a paid for short. Mm-hmm. And geez, year 2000. This must have been like a sub standard definition. I'm thinking like real player I... media, like buffering kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen it, so I can't say, but it's like uh, man, like the year 2000. Jesus. Um... At like a hundred kilobits or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I looked at. Uh, I, I I got a link to a YouTube video, or something, and I I looked at it and I was like, how many times has this been compressed? Like Jeez. it looks terrible. <laughs> but I, I and I don't know if that's how it looked originally. So if anybody has seen it in its original original form, like please tweet at me or tweet at third impact anime i i would love to know i would just love to know so it aired in 2002 uh it's full uh it's five minute segments during the week compiled into a standard tv episode on the weekends 
So it released in 2005 by ADV, currently licensed by Sentai Filmworks. It's directed by Hiroshi Nishikori, who directed Angelic Slayer and A Certain Magical Index. Um, I don't know what either of those are. Uh, really? Have... Really? No, I don't know what either of those are. Andrew, do you watch yes. anything besides Azumanga and Yotsuba? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I don't watch anything. You don't watch anything. No, I don't watch anything. Are the you being serious now or are you being a smart are... ass? No, I'm I'm being serious. Okay. I've not seen Angelic Layer or okay. Certain Magical Well, I mean Index. I I have not seen either either, but I mean a certain magical index is was been a, like a huge series uh in like the twenty tens. Now we have Magical Index and then a certain side David Grogan. Never really appeared to be my thing, so I kind of ignored it. But uh, I think it's really interesting that the director for Azumanga, this very well-known show in the early 2000s, like, is still doing stuff. Uh, he's sort of leading this this major franchise, like Index here. And he still does stuff well with JC stuff and, uh, you know, series even ongoing. You need to stop uh, bait and switching me and being sarcastic, because I can't tell the difference between non-sarcastic <laughs> Tobias and sarcastic Tobias. That, they sound I've... the same that's what i'm thinking about you man you're over here like i've never heard about anime oh my god <laughs> jeez uh, come on children all right, all right. come so on the series composition stop it the series composition was ichiro okuuchi who did series composition for code Geass, kamineri planetus and lupin the third part five so yet another episode of the third impact anime podcast where we find a way <laughs> find a way to link it back to loop on the third and hey i didn't find this so uh, i think uh andrew or tobias found this credit so i didn't bring this uh, up bill it's just you being here you were the compass to our show you always point true north it's, true loop on you always point nah, I'm, I'm, I'm the looping magnet that'll guide the way exactly bill, we're just gonna bill follow the north the, star yes Bill is the North Star for us finding Lupin the Third stuff. I mean, it's just that's just how it is. The thing about the cast here is this is, of course, a show back from the early 2000s. So we've got a lot of players here that you know worked on series back in the, in those days, the before times, as well as uh, people that are still in the industry. So it was very interesting to put this together and see the 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 breadth of series that these people have worked on. So uh, to go ahead and cover the, the the main girls of the show, we've got uh, first of all Tomo, the the tomboy character. Uh, in the Japanese, she's voiced by Chieko Higuchi, uh, who's been in a number of series, but I, uh, most notably I saw Pony 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 Dash, a very Azumanga esque type show, and Prince of Tennis. Which again, if you watched Azumanga back when it came out, you recognize Prince of Tennis. Maybe not so much nowadays. I don't know what the kids are into, but. I haven't I haven't heard of potheads in quite a while, at least not in that context. Uh, in the English, uh, Tomo is voiced by Mandy Clark, who was the voice of Pen Pen in Evangelion, as well as have uh, had roles in Razafon and the original Ushio and Tora OVA. So not the not the not the newer one from the past decade, the original. Uh, moving right along, uh, Sak- uh, Sakaki-san, the tall, cool girl with a, uh, a cute center. In the Japanese, she's voiced by Yu Asakawa, who uh, a number of roles most recently is Aikatsu, uh, Boogie Pop Phantom, the original from uh, like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, most notably, 
and the the fate zero stay night prism layer all the other whatever crap within fate uh, <laughs> as in writer today's menu yeah yeah <laughs> uh she she's uh voices writer in the fate series uh also is in ikitosen uh one of the lupon the third specials that's a stolen lupon and in English is voiced by Christine Autumn, who was an AD police orphan, Razafan, and Steel Angel Karumi. Another another older series. There's a lot of Razafan in here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Razafan was a big show when it came out. So we see a lot of these ADV people sort of worked on it for sure. Uh, there were a lot of repeats in here. So I sort of tried to divvy these voices up. Uh, these people mm-hmm. up to some series but uh we have next yomi the uh, uh maganako the glasses girl uh in japanese she's voiced by rie tanaka who is an air gear uh arakawa under the bridge and the voice of chi from chobits uh, as well as uh in pretty cure max Hart, uh grand blue fantasy most recently and hayate the combat baller uh, in English, Yomi is voiced by Nancy Novotny, who is in Kaleido Star and Wandaba Style, and a number of other series as well. Uh, very much one of those uh, you know, mid 2000s ADV voice actresses. Uh, next, we have uh, uh, the girl from Osaka, Osaka, and Japanese is voiced <laughs> by Yuki Matsuoka. Sorry, were you going to come back here or something, Andrew? Uh, uh, you want to? You want me to give her? Uh, her actual name? Well, her name is Osaka, right? No. Well, her nickname is Osaka, yeah. <laughs> I was, is... Actually, it's a, it is, this would be such an interesting trivia question. Would be to ask in, like, if we were doing, you know, anime family feud or whatever. Not anime family feud, like anime Jeopardy. You know, if we were one of those people that made anime Jeopardy panels. That I'll, would be I'll great... do it. It'll happen one day. I'll do it. Oh, yeah, one day. It, it, one of those questions would be interesting to see if like, anybody knew what Osaka's real name was, which is Ayumu Kasuga. This is the part where I kind of hit you in the chest and say, what the heck? Or why the heck? What? The- oh my god! <laughs> uh, but uh, Kasuga, voice actress in the Japanese, is Yuki Matsuoka, who most notably was Orihime in Bleach. Uh, she was also Tsuruya and Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, likewise, was an elfin lead in uh, Future Diary, from just a few years back. Uh, played a bit part in Die Buster and also uh, Ujimajo Donemi. In English, she was voiced by Kira Vincent Davis, who's in Chaika the Coffin Princess, uh, Chihaya Furu, uh, some bit parts in Excel Saga, uh, No Game No Life, and also Razafan. Uh, moving along, we have the child genius Chiyo-chan, and the Japanese voiced by Tomoko Kaneda, most notably also was in Pop Team Epic for one of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, specifically the Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Monroe episode. Uh, <laughs> a very interesting a book, one. considering it was voiced by little girl Chiyo. Uh, she also is one of the monsters in Digimon. Uh, likewise was in Lupin the Third Special, Princess of the Breeze was in the uh, Please Teacher, Please Twins series, and also had a part in Bobo 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's enough bows. 
in English, Chiyo is voiced by Jessica Boone, who was in Another, Log Horizon, Abenobashi, Nurse Witch Kamugi, and Puni Puni Poemi, of all things. So again, a lot of stuff from like mid-2000s all the way up until pretty recently. Uh, so uh, the last, uh, one of the side girls, maybe not one of the main ones, but uh, Kaorin, uh, sort of uh, Sakaki-san's, uh, uh, what do you call it, like uh, unrequited, unrequited love. Uh, yes. Kaorin in Japanese voice by Sakura Nagawa, who was in Ros- Rosin Maiden and Mayatome. Very much a blast in the past for me. That was, that was pretty much my <laughs> early anime fandom, uh, again, mid-2000s. And in English, she's voiced by Tiffany Grant, who needs no introduction. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, moving along, we've got the two teachers. So first of all, uh, that uh, you know, the, the, our our main class of teacher Yukari. In Japanese, she is voiced by Kiko Hiramatsu, who's an all-purpose cultural cat girl, Nuku Nuku, uh, Cutie Honey mm-hmm. Flash, Mazen Kaiser, Nan Nan Biore, and Princess Tutu. Uh, who did she play in Not Non Biori? Uh, no clue. Uh, I'll, okay. You'll have to I'll, check I'll, the internet for that. <laughs> I'll check the internet. So, I was. They were. I mean, yeah. So anyway, uh, in English, she is voiced by Lucy Christian, who's been in uh, most recently in Bloom into You, was in Bodacious Space Pirates. Uh, she's the main character in Chihaya Furu, which again, I will tell you all, please go watch Chihaya Furu. Third season is out now, and it is amazing. Uh, uh, Lucy Christian was also in Dino Coil, uh, Foot Flappers, and she is Oshako Uraraka in My Hero Academia, and also voices yeah. Nami in One Piece. The uh, the other teacher is uh, Nyamo, or Minamo Kurosawa, uh, the more straight laced teacher. In uh, Japanese, she's voiced by Aya Hisakawa, who has a lot of roles. We have Ah My Goddess as Scold, was in Card Captors. Uh, Heart Catch Pretty Cure, and most recently in Kyoso Giga, and most notably as Sailor Mercury and Sailor Moon. And in the English, Nyamo is voiced by Monica Rial, who likewise has a bunch of roles. We have, uh, I was able to pick out Assassination Classroom, Blood Blockade Battlefront, because more people need to watch Blood Blockade Battlefront. Uh, she was in uh, Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions, and Maiden Abyss. So we have a number of other roles throughout the series, but those are sort of the main ones. And we could literally go all night talking about the the, the voice talent of this show. So we will have to move I'd, right on. Just like to, yeah, yeah. I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, Chiyo-chan's dad oh, yeah, is yeah. voiced by Wakamoto uh, Nor- Nori Wakamoto, who is the voice yeah. of Cell in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and the voice of the male voice of uh, of, of uh, Peepimi in Pop Team Epic. Yeah, so Norio Wakamoto is very, very infamous. Whenever you hear like a deep, resounding male voice, possibly paired with very rich, rolling R's, it's likely Norio Wakamoto. Hello, everyone. How are you? Fine, thank you. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah, he's mostly known for Cell, for instance. And I think he was in a couple like sort of samurai sort of anime. I've, I've mm-hmm. definitely seen a. Uh, uh, like reels of, of some of his voices he's very very noticeable so do you want to give maybe like a brief synopsis of kind of like what's what it's about as best you can <laughs> um i'll try i would say the the main character of the show is uh chio who is this 
a small uh, elementary school girl who is uh, very smart, where she's so smart, she's able to go uh, straight from elementary school to high school, uh, where she meets with uh, these uh, group of high schoolers where uh, wacky hijinks ensue, and it, it's kind of their progression uh, through their through their high school, I think it's high school years. Yeah. It's like um, three years in total, right? Three years, three years. Yeah, three like three years in total, and we uh, see them just kind of do everyday things um, to them dealing with school issues like uh, dealing with exams or uh, <laughs> dealing uh, with uh, someone's birthday or having weird New Year's dreams. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say this this show is a it's a mixture of. Uh, Comedy with a slice of life structure. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah. Tobias, how did you uh, first discover Azamanga Daya? All right. So, uh, literally, my first time in a college anime club. Uh, as wow. I've kind of talked about previously with Excel Saga, without being sort of my entry point into like a new age of anime viewing for myself, you know, I watched, you know, DBZ on TV, I watched Toonami, I watched Evangelion, which sort of made me realize that, oh, this is kind of what I'm really into. And then uh, right after coming back from my first AWA and discovering there was there was a college anime club, uh, we went, they had like an overnight sort of party event. And the first two things we watched was uh, Bastard. This uh, sort of uh, <laughs> fantasy type series, really kind of goofy but action-packed uh, sort of series. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched Bastard, but I remember that because the title is just Bastard with two exclamation points. <laughs> and immediately after, they put on this show called Azumanga Daio, which I thought was very weird because I never heard of it before. I thought it was weird that it had a very Japanese-sounding name. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately entranced by this show. Uh, it was amazing. It was, you know, we talk about Azumaga and the comedy now. We go into that, but it it was it was wacky and wild. Something I hadn't seen at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah. It, it's certainly a um, oh God. Uh, it, it's really hard uh, for me to uh, exactly like put into words like oh, <laughs> how this show sort of creates a it gives me a very visceral reaction and i mean (laughs) that in a a very good way like i i like sometimes when i'm watching episodes of the show like i start having like a a a panic attack but it's like a good one because it's just so so it's just sometimes just so yeah it's just so sometimes it's just so zany and so (laughs) off the wall that I just start like crawling around in my chair because I'm just like, hey, oh my god, what's going on? Sentai Filmworks, put that on your box, on your Blu-ray box. Yeah, uh, Andrew, Andrew Carver, <laughs> giving me panic attacks. Yeah, put it on there. It, it, it does. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 just great. And while I do think sort of my own, uh, I guess, appreciation of humor has changed since I first showed it or first watched this. Just the way it does these things, you have the, the sort of madcap parts. Uh, we talked a little earlier about the one part where Osaka kicks her shoe and oh it God. just lands perfectly in the truck, and they just stand there shocked and surprised. <laughs> just this perfect sort of it's comedic just... timing. 
that it doesn't have to go like madcap and wild like Nichijo would or even Pop Team Epic would. It just is that one moment in time that is just a spike of of of, of tension <laughs> in what is otherwise a very smooth show. And yeah, it's a it's a uh, com- compared to like other comedies that are more um, zany and frenetic. Like I would say, this show has a lot of ebb and flow to it in terms of, in terms of like well, we're gonna do something really absurd, and then the next minute we're gonna do something that's more uh, reality based in its set of humor. Yeah, it, um, it's like uh, it's sort of it's pacing and it's uh, it's pacing and narrative structure like and the way that they time jokes uh and the way that they like time these moments uh is definitely like it's like a gut shot you know because you're just sitting there watching enjoying the show and then all of a sudden it's just like bam and then you're (laughs) just like (laughs) she just kicked off her shoe for really no reason and it just landed in a In an extremely fast moving truck and it's just like a millisecond of time yeah. and it just cuts their faces for like a second and then it's just on to the next scene and you just get no uh, time to process it I, I i think it's more like five seconds uh to be honest with you it feels a lot faster yeah it, no, you know, no. it, 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 it gives you time to re- like see their reaction just like the punchline yeah. and really yeah. like wallow in that uh, see, really let that what oh, let what just happen. Let you soak that in, and let you take that in, and and mm-hmm. yeah. But but both the 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 weirdness of the situation, but just the the actual visual timing of of the truck as it just appears and is is gone just as quickly as it mm-hmm. arrived. And so you have a lot of things mm-hmm. like that that are very quick, funny uh, segments, but then they're kind of interspersed with a lot of uh, more slow slice of life. Mm-hmm. type of pacing yeah where it's just them going to school and talking to each other maybe there's a, a you know goofy joke when uh, tomo very energetically says something but it's more just slow and definitely more of the yashi k style of uh it's, know, yeah it's it's definitely sort of creates that feel uh i think i talk about this in my yashi k panel because i do list azamangadayo as an yashi k series uh because of its uh it, it it has a command of quiet yeah um yeah which is uh which is to me it can be really very touching you know because it's it's score is very good you know it it's uh it's not only just like the uh opening and the ending songs that are like catchy bops you know like it's ambient music Yep. is is very uh i'm not yeah, sure a exactly of, a lot of recorder music <laughs> yeah it's like it's like recorder and like soft like i don't remember the name of the instrument but it kind of sounds like a kazoo but it's not you know it, i forget what it's called it, anyway. it's it's very similar to kind of laid back camps music uh, yeah enough. yeah it's not as folky as laid back camp music is but it is uh it's similar in uh like pace and similar in in musical Tone, musical yeah. tone but like as in tone i don't mean like actual sound i mean like feeling yeah. um so it's it's i think it is it, it creates this uh interesting space for you to be in um oh, yeah. that lends itself to surprising you by sometimes because it's like this this, this show is like the duality of man <laughs> like sometimes you're just and, and andrew what? andrew what uh, I'm, 
you just go and then I'll go. Alright, yeah, sure. So, you just, sometimes you're sitting there and just feel calm and whatever, because there's this very touching scene between Kaoran and Sakaki happening, and then you're just you're just having a good time and there's flowers everywhere. And then the next scene is like episode 8, where Chio-chan's pigtails were removable, <laughs> and somehow that. linked to somehow linked to her life essence and her dad (laughs) is this strange yellow cat thing who has a very deep voice and is also kind of like okay i have a theory about this i'll 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 let you go bill all well i'm gonna be the the annoying hipster guy like i always take i really like this show because, like, as you and Tobias were saying, I think the humor is really is really good, and I like the ebb and flow. But I think uh, my my two kind of complaints with it is just that kind of that kind of ebb and flow of back back and forth from like zany to more calm, um, more normalcy type episodes. At, while while I was watching it, kind of made me zone out at times, mm-hmm. where I, like during kind of the the kind of normal slice of life stuff, I would just kind of zone out and not really pay attention. And I was, and I, to prove that I put away my phone, so it wasn't the phone. I was trying to pay attention, but I would just zone out. And then as anything would happen, I go, what, what happened? And I'd be kind of lost. So I, I kind of, I kind of wish that um, they had an option where you could do, you could watch the show in the web uh, five minute format. Okay. Because I think in that type of format, I would be actually able to pay attention to each in every segment. Mm-hmm. Because um, whenever I watch an episode, there was usually like one segment I just completely forgot about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, this is a good time to point out that uh, the Azumanga Daioh manga was a, a four-panel, uh, well, it's called a four-coma, but it's like a four-panel manga. So essentially, you have four panels that tell a short little tale, and then you skip right on and then start talking about the next thing. So it's very like quick in succession. like these very like snippets of scenes that are just very quick. And the, and the, the show sort of mimics that structure because I think in each episode, there's maybe four to five uh, bits that are all titled that short sort of represent that four coma style and when i say four coma and sort of like quick bit scenes i don't mean that it's not a narrative because it is definitely a narrative um it is just the there is a passage of time and there is a story that develops um you know it's not a plot heavy story it's just sort of these girls going to school but it's not like each scene time time progresses yeah time progresses so it doesn't just go anywhere it has a story but yeah. the show does i think the show does a really good job of mimicking that um mimicking that four coma style from the manga oh yeah for uh, sure i i can see that but i i feel like i wish i could have had it like more like in the four panel style of I, like mm-hmm. here's segment one and here's segment two and, yeah. and not and not one complete episode because then I, I think I, I probably would have paid attention i absolutely um, i think that's a i think that that is a very fair gripe you know I think that's extremely fair.
but I think you sort of get us back on track. Uh, Andrew, you never talked to us about how your introduction to the series. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I kind of got, uh, I kind of got uh, roped into Azamanga Dio in the inverse. Um, so I'm 22 years old. I, I'm a young fellow. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I, I yeah. Um, so like, uh, it's uh, I got roped into this fandom. Uh, I'll call it a fandom. Uh, in the inverse. So I read uh, Yotsuba first. I read Yotsubato first before I read or watched Azumanga Daya. Now, how did you hear so, about Yotsubato being a newer fan? Um, it was uh, I was at An Amazement, I believe, okay. and a buddy of mine like picked up. Uh, no, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember how old it was, but uh, uh, it's been oof, probably five years ago maybe um okay and a friend of mine picked up a volume of it because he had heard that it was good and he kind of you know was a, a manga guy and i wasn't really a manga guy at the time uh and i i borrowed it from him and read it in the back of my brother's car and was like yeah this is me <laughs> this yeah, is I me. Like this. yeah this one this is, this, is, <laughs> this is something that i'm this is something i'm gonna be a huge fan of and i'm also a uh eight-year-old uh green-haired girl um <laughs> So that was how I got introduced to uh, Kaihiko Azuma was through Yotsuba, was through Yotsuba. and then I sort of got into that fandom and started buying up volumes and reading all I could of, of, of Yotsuba. And then, uh, sort of like diving into his you know, background, I discovered oh, uh, he made another thing called Azumanga Daioh. I had heard of it, but I, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put the two together, even though Azuma is in. Yeah the name yeah. um and then i read the azamanga dio manga i read the azamanga dio manga before i watched the television series so okay read yotsuba discovered azuma read azamanga dio then after that i ended up watching the series yeah that that's kind of funny because um i think uh, this is for uh, me and Tobias because uh, for a while in the mid to early 2000s, Azumagadai was like one of the shows that was mm-hmm. very popular, yeah. especially yeah. Uh, especially, really, especially yeah. in the convention circuit. Definitely. I mean, I'd, I wasn't in the fandom until like after 2000 and... <laughs> get it together. Get it uh, together. After right, like get it together. Get it together. Get it together. What the heck? Um, Tobias, we're together. It's okay. All right. I'm gonna I make got, you guys feel you, old. I'm gonna make you guys feel old right now. Uh I didn't get into the fandom really until two thousand and probably uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, probably. I know I'm making you feel so old. I know it. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I sort of came in at the time where uh, the metaphorical bird had flown, I guess. Because uh, I, I mean, 2009, me, I was just, I was at an anime convention. I didn't know what any of it was. Uh, I all I knew was that I liked Dragon Ball Z. You know. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, we 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 all joke about it, but uh, you know, that's that was kind of on the cusp of the streaming era. So mm-hmm. it is interesting to see someone, you know, like back when you're getting into it, it was sort of like a, you had to go out and find it, and you had to 
get these uh, little clubs and communities you had to like do this extra work this extra you know bs work just to enjoy it but you're kind of on an era where it was already popular or becoming popular becoming more in the pop culture than it already was uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that exactly. It's just uh, an interesting take, especially in regards to Azamango that was very much you know in the earlier 2000s. Yeah, it was uh, uh, it was not something that I heard about oh, yeah. uh, in the convention scene. In, yeah, I think it had already played its course. Like uh, yeah, yeah. it was very very popular in the beginning. I think it, when it came out in two thousand two, very much a a fan sub favorite. Uh, yeah, I watched it back in two thousand four before the eighty official ADV release was. I mean, it was apparently. I think actually, uh, my introduction was a ADV preview disc they were giving out to anime clubs. Um, wow. So yeah, way back and like Bill said, it was hugely popular in the anime music video mixing scene. You watched AMV Hell or any of those very popular programs you likely saw this you know clips of it there were likely little jokes that you that you saw for sure even if you didn't know it was Ajumanga in and it itself so it has had a uh, a place in the zeitgeist of that time and i think a lot of uh the older crowd like myself still have fond memories would still recognize mm-hmm. it yeah it just kind of has gone out of the public perception i think this is a a good time to Ooh, i think oh my pc went to sleep uh, I think this is a good time to uh, bring up one of uh, one of the questions we got uh, from uh, our uh, Third Impact Anime Discord. Uh, I'm gonna plug. Uh, if you guys want to join the Third Impact Anime Discord, uh, I'm sure someone can tell you how to do that, uh, like Austin or Tobias or me or whatever. Um, <laughs> but the uh, link, click the link. Click the link in the show notes. We will surely have. That, well, they're down there. They're down there in the show notes. Uh, so I think uh, this is a good time to uh, ask a question from uh, one of our question askers. It's bagel time. Oh, sorry. It's Basil. Uh, Basil Perchakis. Uh He asked a question. Uh, how does it hold up? Uh, I think it holds up actually really well. Um, like in terms of animation, it it has the, it looks like a early 2000s show, but it doesn't look really that like garish compared to other early 2000 shows and i think in in terms of the humor as we we're kind of discussing uh i think it 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 still it still holds up really well uh, if you like uh kind of the zany humor of uh pop team epic or uh, nietzsche joe mm-hmm. uh you'll probably you'll like this and if you also like slice of life stuff you'll also really like asamagadaya yeah what about you tobias do you think it holds up uh yeah and i would say to sort of go back to bill's earlier point about pacing um i think overall it does for sure i would still highly recommend azumanga dio to anyone to jump into and watch uh i feel like there are certain aspects which it hasn't aged all that well i i feel like it definitely looks like an early 2000s show uh when, when you look at things that do very similar concept you know like nichijou for instance i know we're going to bring that up a lot for good reason but uh nichijou plays a lot with uh really advanced like sakuga and really frenetic action where azumanga has good comedic timing but the overall animation quality is not always great not terrible not awful it's not bad it's just it, um, there's a lot worse in that era oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah 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 for sure it's just it's yeah i mean even if you're the the top of the you know the top of all this this crap at the time 
doesn't necessarily make a great comparison to more modern stuff. And again, no. not bad at dividing stretch the imagination, but it's hard not to notice that that certain aspect doesn't quite keep up. And, you know, you look back at older stuff, you know, stuff that's animated in the, the eighties that, uh, you know, it has that really nice animation quality. It's just, I know that that early two thousands eras where they're moving over to like DigiPaint and whatnot. And it, it definitely yeah. feels like a product of its time. Yeah. Now, I th- I some aspects of the right aesthetic, uh, some aspects of the aesthetic, I think, are pretty great. They use really thick lines. There's really yeah. solid colors throughout. Uh, when you look at the eye catch scenes, the mid episode eye catch scenes, uh, I think that style really pops. And you know, for the most part, in the opening and ending animation, really, really great. Uh, so there are just some certain times, uh, you know, in the episode themselves, that there are noticeable dips in quality that are just indicative of the time. Uh, which mm-hmm. I think that's really the if that's if that's the low water mark for the series, I think it's holding up you know overall uh, pretty well. Uh, but uh, I sort of key off Bill's earlier point about pacing. Yeah, I did notice some more of a disconnect now between the more out there wacky segments and the more calm slice of life. Uh, there are times where the long pauses go on a little too long <laughs> yeah they're a little oh, too numerous way way too long i'm sorry and, uh, i and i feel like you know back in the back in the day these were pretty hilarious i definitely think they're they're funny and there are times where they play them in a very comedic way uh there's one part early on in the show uh i think it's when uh they're right for the summer vacation they get the pictures and they notice there's the face of a ghost in one of the pictures and uh-huh. they pointed out, and like Sakaki, and I think Chio sort of looked back at the person, uh, Tomo, that points it out. It's a very slow, they, they slowly rotate their heads, painfully slowly as they look <laughs> yeah. at Tomo, and then painfully slowly rotate it back. And then somebody says something, and like Sakaki rotates her head back. And as she rotates it back to the front, it plays like an ambulance sound that had yeah. me god i i laugh for like five solid minutes just this goofiness of that thing in itself Uh, man this um i had a thought but then you brought me back to that moment with the ambulance like they don't even show the picture yeah yeah it's just the static shot of them turning their heads back and forth and then an ambulance siren goes off and oh god it, I, I laughed very hard again it's so small but it's just uh there are a bunch of little things like that mm-hmm. uh the, yeah, but there are certain aspects that when you, you you can't not compare it to its you know its uh, successor nichijou for instance and more modern uh comedies out the surreal mm-hmm. you know what we sometimes call slice of life comedies that mm-hmm. azumaga has paved the way for paved the way for uh, there are times where yeah i think they definitely if it fed better off of it than it has if you don't consider that this is kind of the progenitor to that sort of style and mm-hmm. even then i think as as you mentioned azumanga definitely tries to go more toward a and a yashike than nichijo does nichijo yeah. is definitely not slow or healing by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. uh god no but azumanga does <laughs> sort of try to maintain that offbeat comedy with that slice of life and telling the story of these these girls and their everyday school lives we have uh sakaki's character and her eventually you know come trying to come to terms with her love of animals about mm-hmm. her inability 
complete incompetence when it comes to to actually interacting with them yes um, little things like that that is you just kind of have to go with the characters all through all 20 yeah. episodes Definitely. i i love that each character basically had their own comedic bit that mm-hmm. ran through the entire series like <laughs> uh who's who's oh, i cannot say names the cool the cool character that everyone thinks is cool but she all she really wants to do is just be enjoy really cute things but no one will let her and none of the animals will let her mm-hmm. do that <laughs> um like i laughed every time the cat bit her hand yeah. <laughs> or every time she went off screen and and had to deal with get you see her like she's a cast and a bunch of bandages mm-hmm. and and just her struggle of just like this this, this great kind of push and pull of just like i am by my personality, this really cool, distant person, but I really want to just enjoy cute things. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's like Chio in the in the cat costume, or it's uh, me petting her dog, uh, I I really enjoyed that. I I think um, one other thing that uh, kind of reminded me of the show that was very early two thousands was, uh, well, it's not every single moment of the show. A lot of the show has a lot of screaming in it, especially with uh, Temiko, who is, which is who is my least favorite character, because uh, that seemed to be a trend in like a lot of early two thousands anime. Of like, let's just have the characters be very loud and scream a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think um, when I was younger, I would have found that really funny. Uh, today, uh, not so much. I just find that grating. Uh, where I I think it it can work it worked at at times with some jokes but anything with Temiko I just want to just like could you just not be so loud (laughs) you're you're hurting my ears Uh, well uh, to sort of piggyback off uh, you saying that uh, Tomo was your least favorite character uh, to both of you who is your favorite character you can't make me pick I know my answer Uh, Andrew you can go I think that uh, I think Tomo has a good energy. Uh, I wasn't a. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't listen to it at a very high volume, uh, so the screaming didn't really like get to me and hurt my ears. Um, uh, I think that uh, you know uh, she she has very good comedic timing, you know, and she sort of brings that X factor to sort of any situation. Um, that kind of makes me feel like she's a little bit underrated, um, because she is just that, you know, that large presence. So whenever she comes in the room, you know, hey, <laughs> something's gonna happen, right? You know. So I think that mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that Tomo might be my favorite character. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I think um, my favorite character has to be uh chio it's either tomo just, or uh, uh, chio-chan's I, I, I dad <laughs> chio's dad no it, it has yeah. to be chio because i was like Hello, i was rooting for her yeah yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like man i watched like, the last uh, episode i watched for the podcast was the dream episode they're having the dinner is like you like your eat your tomatoes i love tomatoes i didn't ask you if you like tomatoes <laughs> I just told you to eat your tomatoes, even though they're so they're red. red. <laughs> Something red. Well, I I liked her just because she was very cute, and that just her her difficulty of like being so little in a high school world. Like, there's this great little scene 
and it just made me like a laugh where she is like the class representative yes. and she's going down the stairs and she sees a student <laughs> oh, <God>. he's <laughs> he, he like he's he looks kind of confused and he's like um he she goes up to him and says i'm the class representative i can help you and he's like yeah. you're my sensei uh, or uh, another scene with her that just made me smile was uh, there's a whole ep- there's a whole segment of her, uh, basically where she reintroduces the cast to everybody, yeah. and uh, and it's her um, like thinking back about her elementary school friends, mm-hmm. and then she sees them play jump rope in the middle of, of this park late at night, and then um, she I think with. Um, Who's the cool girl? She runs into Kagura, didn't she? The, the or is it uh, Sakaki-san? I think it's I'm... I think is I think it's Kagura. She's the one. She was yeah. in a tracksuit, right? I think so. I know what scene but you're talking just about. The, yeah, just, just that scene where they're playing jump rope is just very sweet, and yeah. then Tomiko goes and ruins it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best girl. But uh, sh- sure. Uh, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but what about you, Tobias? You have to pick somebody. Well, I can't. I, I really can't. Yeah, I think they're all great. There, there's no one that really stands out to me in particular. Uh, whenever I pick, think of one, it's like they're all great. You know, even Tomo. You know, she. I, I, I get, and I also don't really like the, usually the characters that are all screaming. But like she's the uh, if we talk about like the man's eye comedy that she even references, you know, with Osaka, like she's the she's the off she's the off character, you know, to, yeah. to Yomi's straight man character. Like mm-hmm. so Tomo works not really so much as as a character herself, but the way that she plays off everyone else, whether it's Yomi or sort of, you know, being goofy, you know, around uh, Chio, you know, uh, forcing Chio to, you know, to do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whether she's, uh, you know, trying to compete. <laughs> the part where Chio's like, I don't know the answer. Oh, pick me, pick me. I also don't know the answer. We're tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just things like that. She she plays well off the other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I really like like Sakaki. She, like she's that that. that that cool character but she doesn't really want to and it's hard not to uh feel bad for her just because of it like she just wants to pet cats man that's all she wants to do is be around cute things and she uh, she never can people they're either put off uh they're like the like the younger kids are scared of her or the kids her age think she's cool and aloof but she's really not she's just shy so it's hard not to feel bad for her and relate to her that way do you remember the scene where, um, like, I think the uh, uh, Yukari Sensei comes in and they have like, I have this uh, cat that needs to find a home, and she's like, I'll take yes. it, I'll take it, and <laughs> and 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 everyone just does not notice her yes. at all. It's <laughs> like, oh, it's, it was so funny, yeah. but I just like, I also felt so bad for her. They, I think the, I just like, oh. yeah, the entire class just crowded around this. De- one desk with this small little white kitten on it and sakaki wide shot sakaki's just looking over like oh, please let me in me i'll take me. it i want it i'll take it and I, her entire arc in the series where it leads for her like like from her just kind of being unable to interact with animals at all to her first little step with uh god what's chio's dog's name 
Takeichi-san. Uh, Takeichi-san. Yeah. Take yeah. Mr. Mr. Takeichi-san. Yeah, and uh, so she gets to pet he's, him. He's a man a of character. Scene. How do you not know his He is his a man name. of character, yeah. <laughs> I know his name. but And then there's that scene where she just pets him for a very long time all day all day, all day. and like and, and you could see and she was like smiling in the background with her eyes closed and halfway through her eye- eyebrows get furrowed <laughs> it's just like oh uh, oh it's time to go we've gotta bring back the juice for everybody at my house you know and like god she's just and then her whole and her arc crescendoing when she uh finds maya the little cat that she can actually interact with uh were they were they on uh okinawa when she found the cat on some kind of summer yeah vacation? they were they were something like that i don't remember if it's okinawa specifically it, it doesn't yeah it doesn't really matter where it was but anyway she finds this like wild uh yeah, wild cat. uh yeah Irimota cat and like they they bond and she ends up becoming you know like her cat and it's really sweet you know because there's like her that that is how her arc sort of finishes because i think she got the longest cat because it because it goes so long and that's that's sort of like the last the last quarter of the show i think is kind of devoted to that cat that cat shows up a lot my favorite scene and it's legendary uh it's not uh, hello Avignon, which also that is very great but it's the scene where uh sakaki and chio uh, are going to chio's house to go see maya right takaki is going to her house to go see maya because takaki's mother is allergic to cats so chio chan takes the cat in they run up into i guess their front lawn and maya runs up to sakaki and jumps in her arms and then takaichi-san runs full bore at chiyo-chan full bore and team rocket style launches her into the sun you know just kind of out of nowhere i mean you could see it's coming but <laughs> it's just one of those scenes it's like it's innocuous until it's not you know and oh god and then i think she comes out of the title card the title card comes out of where she flew or something oh man that's probably my favorite scene from the show is when chia chan gets launched to the sun by her dog 
but yeah going back to uh the characters like even like chio she's she's that uh that trope genius child character but uh yeah i think they play her very well i don't think she's kind of too annoying Mm -hmm. in that too tropey uh she both sort of you know is in a innocent character we see a lot she doesn't really know how to relate well to these much older girls uh so she's kind of a you know a character in her own right being this this uh this genius well, character but also yeah. awesome. and the and the thing that's great uh, i just i also love that the uh, the other girls don't uh talk down to chio yeah like Ch- chio is just it's it's she's part of the group mm-hmm. exactly and uh and they don't belittle her. They don't make her the butt of. There's like no butt of the jokes of just oh you're small or like oh you're you're a little you're like a little kid amongst mm-hmm. the the friend group. Yeah, which is uh, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah I think I there 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 are little bits of that. Like when uh, she's dressed up as the penguin and falls over, and nobody really helps. They just kind of watch how cute she is. It, yeah, it's not like a long run running thing. Like they accept her pretty well, and she's a member of the group. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're definitely no, jokes it's, it's, at her yeah. expense. Like you mentioned there at the beginning of the series, they do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they don't really belittle her. No, uh, no, talk down none of that. Her, for sure. Mm-hmm. But even uh, even going above them, like I really like the the two teacher characters, both uh, Yukari and yes. Yano. because we see a lot of uh, th- they are pretty much just Yomi and uh, Tomo about 10 years older that they're kind of mm-hmm. uh, their relationship is kind of meant to mirror uh, theirs and the series kind of yeah. kind of shows that and it's kind of interesting to see them just as grown up you know uh, grown up versions of uh, our, our main characters and see how they are also uh, analogs to those styles as well and mm-hmm. it's you know again to watch a show it's one thing to watch a show maybe as a high schooler and relate to uh you know the high school characters but watching it when you're an adult and seeing these uh people that have had to grow up and become adults and deal with it either very responsibly like Niamo, or mm-hmm. maybe not quite so much like yukari uh, i think they make mm-hmm. them very interesting if maybe a bit uh you know typecast characters to some degree yeah yeah i think that they're uh their relationship is extremely uh, uh, central to 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 this show because uh, a lot of comedy is created through them, and like a lot of the sort of things that happen uh, in terms of like you know the whole bet with the uh, sports festival yeah. thing, you know oh, that that was so good. Like and then, <laughs> and then like them driving to Chio's summer home. <laughs> You see Nyamo's car is just like perfect. Grandpa, no, run, Chia's <laughs> uh, face when they open the car, just like oh, the, the, just the look of like, classic. Oh, thank God! Yeah. Thank God, it's over. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Isn't Yukari's car bigger? How come we're putting only two people instead of three? And there's that like five second pause where Nyama just looks at her. Oh, yeah, fewer people will die yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, they're, they're, their whole like dichotomy is uh, is ex- extremely, extremely good. You know, because yeah. like Nyama is very responsible and Yukari is very not. Um, but they have a uh, they have a they have a bond together. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and you, it is a good see, friendship as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the i guess one of the key themes of this uh series would be you know uh friendship 
you know, because yeah. they have that, you know, they went to high school together and, you know, they have dirt on each other, you know, but they have. <laughs> but, when the girls but ask they, her, like, do you have any dirt on your car? Right? She just pulls up, like, singing Love Letter. <laughs> yeah. Love Letter. <laughs> love Letter. Yeah, it's great. You know, like, uh, it, but, like, it's, you know, it's it's just about, you know, all these girls and their two teachers just bonding together. You know, yep. and it can be really sweet, but it also can be just really extremely like an out of body experience. So, uh, this is an aspect of the show where uh, it does not age well. Nope. Uh, uh, Kimura mm-hmm. is another homeroom teacher who, <laughs> his entire reasoning for uh, like becoming a high school teacher is because of high school girls. He preys on all the uh, all the female members of the class. Of every class, because yeah. uh, I think there was like there was a bit where like he was talking about like uh, uh, how uh, <laughs> how the uh, the girls should dress in their uh, in their PE uniforms, right? Like and the, then like, like a, a boy in the, mm-hmm. a boy yeah, and then a boy in the class stands up and raises his hand and says like, uh, "Does it matter what the boys do?" for rp uniforms and he was like why are you wasting time we're in class you know <laughs> that's not so like he's not yeah exactly and like he is uh, extremely uh problematic uh in many ways and is one of the ways that i think the show doesn't really hold up for those of you who, like maybe haven't seen it like he's portrayed he's got a very ghastly face it's very very scary he's very much a, a cliche of that whole yeah uh very much there just like you said to pray on the the pray on the the underage girls there and man when you watch the show back in the day that was like uh, i get it it was a joke it it was very out there and very much tying into the whole uh lollycon aesthetic and i don't know maybe because it was so uh weird that it was kind of funny just in the shock value but yeah, that doesn't hold up in, in 2020 for sure. Uh, it I actually was very very uncomfortable. <laughs> I I was I would you know I usually try to put myself in the mentality of you know okay this is this is okay back in the day this is comedy back in the day, and sometimes you know you can you squint your eyes and still see where that comedy is even though it's not great. But here I just I couldn't even enjoy it anymore. Uh, when he first oh, shows up in the um, pool episode, it was yeah. just this is yeah I <laughs> uh, no, yeah. The only satisfaction uh, of having Kimura on screen is when he is thwarted. That's it. You know, when he's gone. You know, when either if a, if a teacher makes him go away or he, you know, he just shoes off for any reason. That is the only like consolation prize for the Kimura bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's just not. I don't think they really up. even pay off usually. Like it's usually the the shock value of the you know, it happening, but there there are a lot of times where yeah. he acts normal, like the part where he's uh he's he's collecting cans, like discarded cans, yeah. uh, to donate money to a charity. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh okay, he's there, but then he immediately turns around and says something incredibly inappropriate that ruins his character. Yeah. And the the scenes yeah, where like uh, Nyamo, like he's sitting with Nyama or something, and she's just kind of you yeah. you can tell that she's like fed up with it. But it's a situation yeah. where she can't like attack a fellow colleague publicly. It just it feels like a lot yeah. of tension there that's 
does not jive at all with the comedy show. No, uh, it, it doesn't. It, yeah. um, and I don't know if that's by design. I think that's by design. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's it's not it's no excuse, you know. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's just it it is it is something that we saw in the early two thousands. That was a trope. That is just no longer uh, that funny. Yeah. I you know, and exactly. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things, but you know, you can't ignore it. Yeah, it, it's mm. it's shameful that it's it's still there. And this otherwise amazing series, yeah. uh, and yeah. it does make it a little harder to watch now for sure. Uh, this mm-hmm. this again just it just has not aged well, and no. uh, both either the timing, the delivery, or you know, the of course, of course, the material itself is, uh, you know, absolutely not cool. I guess I'm going to go back to the music a bit. We kind of touched upon it earlier, but yeah, okay. man, the music in Azamaga is so good. Uh, yeah. you know, of course, we have the opening and ending, both uh, Sword and Mimi Cake, that amazing opening animation. We have uh, Raspberry Heaven, which was you know a bop back in yeah. the mid-2000s mm-hmm. fandom for sure, uh, but it mm-hmm. still holds up absolutely oh, yeah. today. And like you mentioned, a lot of the interstitial music, it is it's really memorable when i think about background mm-hmm. music i don't usually remember it that's there to sort of keep you entranced mm-hmm. with the show but i i honestly barely remember background music but azumanga yeah. and i'm watching it again now i'm i as soon as i hear the opening notes to any one of those songs i completely remember the rest of the song right then and there yeah uh, it's it's perfect background mm-hmm. music it's never overbearing but it is incredibly memorable whether it's stuff like the Zakaki stuff or just all throughout, like it's just great. Mm-hmm. And even the little mid episode jingle, uh, like you mentioned, with like the, the kazoo little, noises, yeah, yeah, it's little things like that that you can't not keep in, in mind, keep, keep in memory for a long, long time. Uh, maybe just because I've watched the show so much, but no, the music is, is a great soundtrack for sure, uh, partially because it doesn't really try to force itself on you, it never really becomes overbearing uh, i think you mentioned earlier it's never really overbearing but it is certainly memorable start to finish yeah definitely red bill um yeah i would just say um i forgot how great the music in the series is um i, I wish they put out like a soundtrack that, that i could listen to like on spotify or on uh or i could just go by because uh like the music is probably one of my favorite aspects of the show just the recorder music and just it it just makes me feel happy listening to the mm-hmm. to the kind of the to the, the the background music at times where at times where i kind of zoned out i would just listen to the music and just be happy uh just bopping my head along mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's certainly a uh a uh, a definitely defining feature of of how the show uh, is able to 
create those sort of Iyashike healing moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, for all the weird stuff that goes on, you, you know, you, it always sort of finds its way back to being that sort of uh, calming pr- presence, uh, for lack of a better word. And uh, the music is definitely a part of that, just like how it is a huge part of how uh, Laidback Camp is able to create its own sort of uh, its own sort of feeling of, for lack of a better word, Zen. I'll just yeah, Zen. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, both uh, Azamanga Dayo and Laidback Camp are similar in that respect. Because even though they are completely different in yeah. content, um, they are able to create the feeling that they want to create uh, through their use of the score. And I think that that is absolutely one of the best parts of the series, is how it is able to uh, make you feel and make you remember the music. And then when you recall the music, you recall that feeling. You know, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Is this is this complete nonsense? You you no, you're right on the money. All right. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Uh, You know, I know you're a big Yashiki fan. I I have it's it's really hard for me to watch that sort of genre of shows because I oftentimes are bored with them. Uh, I I get what they're doing, but I like being really um, what's the word like engaged with the show, and it's really hard for me with a lot of (laughs) Yashiki shows to really stay engaged. Like like Bill was saying, it's very easy to sort of fall asleep or get distracted when you watch a lot of those type of shows. Like I've I've liked Layback Camp. Like I'm not gonna say that. But with Azumaga specifically, no, you're right. Like both the the presentation, the way that there's enough comedy to keep me engaged, enough of these little skits and these gags, while there is a a narrative, while it's not a high pressure narrative, it still is this narrative and these stories that are being told about their their daily lives. Uh, you know, and it's all tied together with this neat little bow that is the music and yeah i know you're right it does give you that sense of feeling of what's going on and and keeping you engaged with the show itself and i would i would completely agree with that with that statement yeah Yeah. it's uh it's it is it's it's special in that regard Uh, to me it is um i like like tobias is saying uh i think the the show is still uh pretty funny it has some dated things um, with its art style uh, and uh, some of the humor. But I think for the most part, it holds up pretty well. I, I think the way to watch this show is I would not do like two or three episodes back to back to back. Mm. Uh, I would I would treat this show as like you're going to watch the show maybe once a week or maybe just maybe do like one show, uh, one episode every day. Uh so that way you could kind of enjoy the sh- uh, enjoy the gags and because I I, I kind of noticed when I was kind of doing uh, episodes and episodes in batches like at times I would just kind of zone out and need to like stop and go do something or I'd where like the siren song of the phone would be uh, coming to me and just like go to Twitter go yeah uh, so I would I would say uh, do not uh, do not binge watch this show is is my advice i uh i i would i would absolutely agree you know i think that uh this the series is best enjoyed in um uh small chunks um yeah you know if you are able to 
you know stay engaged through two episodes or three episodes in a sitting then go ahead but like uh you know i find it but be- i found it uh, best when first consuming the show um and even back when i did the rewatch when i did the rewatch recently um that you know two episodes a day with a, a fairly sized gap in between watching those episodes is a healthy consumption level um and it, it was able to you know keep me from getting you know bogged down and exhausted you know while watching it because sometimes it, yeah it, it definitely can get you know kind of kind of sloggy um yeah. i don't think that's a bad thing you know but it definitely it definitely has that uh um its slogginess is definitely there I think yeah. it kind of comes out of your expectations. So on the rewatch here, I was definitely expecting something more akin to Nietzsche Joe, uh, yeah. more more madcap, uh, that sort of wild humor uh, than I remember there being. Uh, so it was a little surprising on this rewatch to see it be a little slower than I expected. Uh, a lot of times, since I know these are going off that four-panel format, they felt like at times they were stretching their time, their their runtime out to make full episodes of these four panel shorts. Uh, but you know, if if you watch it, you know, every one episode a day, or you watch it over time rather than benching it, I don't think that would be quite so much of an issue. It is it is noticeable if you're watching these back to back for sure, Definitely. which are not always bad because again, this is still a slice of life uh, Yashike type show, so you're there to. Uh, take in and absorb those slow moments just as you are the the more zany parts yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's important to remember that uh i don't think we've mentioned that it is a 26 episode series at, at 24 minutes an episode um that's a, that's another sign of the times because now most series are like yeah. 12 13 episodes oh yeah oh yeah so yeah it's a it's a it's the full shebang uh for good or ill it is the full shebang um anything else you guys want to mention specifically uh i i have just a question uh because i haven't read the manga does the anime adapt most of the manga most or all the manga material uh yes okay yeah um do you would you would you like to maybe see a uh a remake of the show or you think i'm just happy with what we have um i don't think that that's necessary um i think the only way that they could really remake the show is to um put it in a different format it it it, it absolutely i don't think could be 26 episodes at 24 minutes pop i think i think maybe if you did uh the way that the, the way that that was initially released in like five minute shorts you know uh i think that that would be definitely consumable and doable as a quasi sequel slash reboot um do i really think that it's necessary though no uh i you know it'd be cool to see but i i personally do not think that that's necessary hmm. nor would i explicitly ask for it i don't think i would yeah, no, I, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, uh, since it's such old at this point, what would get people into it? And would it be a, like another season or a remake or something? I don't think, yeah, I just don't think they'd be able to do it justice. Because if we're looking at 2020, it would be 
our 3D CG show, which no thank you. Uh, it just would not look like it currently does. Uh, I would totally be down for a Blu-ray remaster. I don't. Absolutely. Sort of what I was looking. I don't think we've got one of those yet. No. Um, it Still. Is definitely. Still. No, it's not on Blu-ray. Um, for what it, for what it, I can, for what I mean, what I was watching it. It definitely looks like a DVD, you know, transfer. It definitely does not look yeah. great. Uh, so I, if we were to give it a full, like, HD remaster on a Blu-ray, uh, that would be amazing. I would snap that up in a heartbeat. But I don't think definitely. they'd be able to do a, you know, a full remake or a sequel justice. There's no reason for it. They should devote all that energy instead to animating Yosubato. Yep. Um, pretty yes. much the sequel to Azamanga. I mean, not literally a sequel but you know it's it's the same sort of general style it would be great to see that instead definitely Mm. so uh i think that uh is that final thoughts wrapped up and we can get to the rest of basil's questions yep and only basil sent us questions so if uh any of you guys listening want to start asking questions about our episodes you know uh, definitely pay attention to our twitter account it's ti underscore anime uh, our, join our discord we have a, a channel just for questions when we ask when we request questions for our episodes and you know if you want to have your question read here on the show or want to hear more of our thoughts uh, make sure to go ahead and do that so we can answer them on air yeah mm-hmm. yeah we uh we love having questions you know it's interesting for us to have that sort of direct feedback with the with the community and we uh and that's probably the you know most fun thing that we do is interacting with the community because all of us are all of us most of us do panels and yep. uh, you know that's sort of our our shindig is just interacting with people and talking about the fandom so uh, absolutely do that so i'll get to the one of the ones that uh, uh we hit uh, a lot of these uh in our general discussion but uh, i'll get to one of the ones that we didn't get to uh which is uh does it feel like going back and watching a time capsule uh, uh, you two would probably be better at uh <laughs> at answering this question since uh you know uh, i'm not very old uh so uh you guys you guys uh, take this one uh i as as kind of tobias mentioned before like the art style really took, is really a time capsule because digipaint is a very <laughs> distinctive style. Like you, you know it's digipaint when you see it. Um, and also kind of brought back memories of the convention scene at a particular time and how this show was used in a lot of AMVs, which in today's uh, convention circuit is pretty much dead as a, as a kind of a big event event. Uh, compared to something like cosplay mm-hmm. or conventional panels. Um, but a lot of footage from Azumagadaya were, were used in different AMVs that I particularly remember. But uh, I think um, the show has, for the most part, aged really well, and uh, it didn't deteriorate in the time capsule. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as me, it's like I said, it's a little bit cheating because, yes, this show has very, very much nostalgic value for me specifically. You know, seeing a lot of these sketches, a lot of the you know, hearing the music it brings back a lot of memories from what? Oh, God, 15 years ago. Jesus. <laughs> there's a, I don't, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of memories tied up in the show and, and tied up in that, you know, that feeling, the feeling of the show a lot. 
you mentioned that earlier this captures feeling very well in his presentation and music and is able to soak up a lot of uh, a lot of those memories that i had of that time specifically uh, but yeah there's uh like bill said the aesthetic definitely feels aged uh, you know of its time for sure there's a lot of aspects of the character design while i think uh azuma has a very distinctive design which i appreciate i think mm-hmm. that the characters here and both you know here and yatsuba uh, are very iconic uh, in and of themselves there are points where just i guess the in-between segments of the animation where they're certainly off model faces that just don't look great maybe it's a little gripe that i have but uh not that it really makes the show unwatchable to any degree it kind of stands out uh, at this point maybe now that i've you know become more of a learned anime scholar but uh yeah no this show still holds up for sure i would if you're into comedy if you kind of are into my style of comedy if you've been to my surrealism panels i'm definitely going to put more of it in surrealism in the future for sure now that i've rewatched it uh, if you're into that and more of the slower Yashike stuff, like there's a reason that we talk about it. Uh, there's a reason that uh, you know Andrew brings it up in his his panel. The reason I bring it up in my panels. Azumaga is a great iconic show, and uh, it definitely is something you should check out. What feelings and memories does it dredge up? Dredge up. I know you specifically talked about specific memories, Tobias. So uh, if you would, are willing to air your dirty laundry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, it's more just that, that that time of being, uh, you know, in like joining Anime Club. Like I mentioned, that that was sort of a new era of my own fandom, specifically getting out of high school, being that you know edgy Ava nerd, and <laughs> moving into uh, like my my this was I saw this a month after my first convention, and that you know as you guys know, I've never stopped going to cons for better or for worse. So uh, this, this sort of was the prologue to that chapter of my life. Uh, that that section of my life so yeah a lot of memories just uh, being with those type the, the that group of friends being around those memories and those people it's just uh, very nostalgic in that way you know there's a lot of times and i'm sure you'll eventually have this andrew you know maybe when you get a few more years under your belt a part <laughs> where you just have to sit back and wistfully remember the good old days you know it's funny uh, uh, uh I'll, I'll let you go in a second bill you know it's funny <laughs> I've, I have been in the uh convention scene for the better part of 10 years and <laughs> you remember the good old days uh, the good old days of 2009 yeah i mean it's it's weird to think about that for me because you know? <laughs> of course like i do have memories but like they're memories of uh, like i wouldn't like you of like you know because how do i put it the the people in the convention scene that i typically hang out with you know are of old are of the i'm not gonna say the older generation i'm not gonna say that uh they they came into the they came into the fandom at a different time than i did um so it's kind of weird to be around that and then you know when i think about my own memories uh every time it's just like well, that was yesterday, kid. And, you know, I've been in the fan for 10 years. It's weird. It's very weird to think about. Uh, go ahead, Bill. What memories does it dredge up for you? What feelings? Uh, well, kind of like what Tobias was saying. Just that it reminds me of my first entry into anime of just like, well, what is this thing? Of just watching stuff like uh, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, watching stuff like Excel Saga or... Uh, 
watching G Gundam like and uh, Asmagadaya like all those shows were very common in my high school anime club and um I'm just sitting on the tables and just uh just kind of laughing and and uh, kind of confused but also just yeah. in this yeah. in this different in this um different uh medium that wasn't mm-hmm. common on uh on what I'd seen before. Yeah. Um, and also just the convention scene at the time and, uh, that particular fandom wave of like, it was like Osmog Dio and the Harhi and, um, Oh, when Trigon was really big. Um, so that era of fandom, uh, it's, it reminds, uh, in just all the cosplay at the time and it just brings um that particular convention time period into my head yeah and i think also when i when you mentioned that bell and how different the show felt this is kind of my first first real japanese style show up until that point a lot of the anime we watched was um I, i wouldn't say it's americanized or westernized but it's stuff like dragon ball z stuff that has been so part of the pop culture that we don't really think of it as being true to life. Yeah. Uh, Sailor Moon, even though that is set in, in, you know, 90s Japan and Tokyo, it's, it's more fantasy, modern fantasy than it is Japanese. But here we have a show with a very Japanese name that's set in a fairly accurate depiction of a Japanese high school. Uh, you know, the comedy bits notwithstanding, with what i mean andrew you would agree was a very japanese style of comedy there's a lot of man's eye here with these characters Mm -hmm. uh it definitely feels very what we now know as more japanese style comedy and bill mentioned earlier the the constant yelling by tomo like a lot of that stuff is Mm -hmm. is it makes me think of my introduction to really anime as a japanese uh form of media and a lot of it was just that shock value of this is not only is this surreal because it's surreal in and of itself, but it's different. It's different than anything we've yeah. seen before that I had seen before for sure. And I think that's what stood out with me a lot. You know, you mentioned some of the harder bits like, you know, Kimura sensei, for instance. And while, yeah, that didn't really hold up at the time. It was just, this is so wild and weird and different than, you know, we wouldn't joke about this kind of stuff here. And, you know, a lot of that, maybe edgier for sure <laughs> uh, style of comedy <laughs> and again you have to remember this is back when the internet culture maybe wasn't new because you had people you know on usenet and all that kind of all that kind of stuff but definitely a different era in internet culture where this sort of came about uh not to mention uh you know 4chan of course can't not mention that mm-hmm. but uh it, it's a, it, it's it certainly was a lot of young weebs introduction to uh, the specific style of, of anime. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a nail on the head. Uh, so let's uh, just, uh, just keep it rolling right along from mm-hmm. that. Uh, the next question says, that music still slaps, right? We talked about that. Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, so Mimi still and use slaps, right? Yeah, Raz- yeah, definitely. <laughs> I still Absolutely. say slaps, but I'm an I'm an old now, so I just I use the memes that uh you guys use like two months ago. Uh, I, I I don't think I ever have used the word slaps. You've never uh, said the word slaps, Bill. 
until now uh, it's to be to be posteriorly recorded on this podcast well uh, i'm so happy we get to witness your first usage of the word slaps are 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 are, are, are the kids still saying big mood now is that still a thing i still no, say that, big no mood. that's just tory that's just Tori. <laughs> that no, there's, there was a part I was watching uh, the one where Chio like she's stomping down the steps because none of the the first years respect her, even though she's a kid. Yeah, and she just like she says something. It's just like uh, I'm 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 angry or something. And she's this little girl just kind of like angrily stomping down the steps. <laughs> I immediately thought big mood, and then immediately thought, mm-hmm. oh wait, <laughs> that makes me old. <laughs> Not allowed <laughs> to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question coming from Basil is: uh, Do you think that Yotsuba should get an anime adaptation? I'm gonna sort of add a, another uh, a word to this, which is: Do you think that Yotsuba should and will get an anime adaptation? Uh, I I mean, uh, should absolutely. Uh, it's one of those uh, manga series that. Uh, for me uh, would translate extremely well to to television especially in this sort of <sighs> you, oh. you know when i when i think about uh sort of the yashike style uh which definitely yotsuba falls into that category um now that laidback camp and a place further in the universe place further than the universe have come out and been huge hits i think that there is sort of a uh, a building uh, consciousness to this subset of the slice of life genre that people like actually really like. I don't know if people actually like Laidback Camp or Place Further Than the Universe. I don't know if they're popular, I should say, but I know that they certainly have received a lot of high praise, and I think that Yotsuba would fall sort of right there uh in sort of in mm-hmm. in sort of that that sphere of things i think that uh Yotsuba could definitely fall into that uh that category right there uh do i think it will i would err on the side of maybe uh a lot of things would have to have to happen in order for uh Yotsuba to get an anime adaptation I mean, the one thing that kind of hurts it is it's it's been going on for a while now, right? Yeah. It's, so, uh, it, it... and and usually anime are made to as promotional material for the manga. So, for stuff that's really ongoing and that already has a long volume record, I, I, it's it seems kind of less likely. I I, w- I would really like to see a Yotsuba anime with how much. Uh, you talk about Yotsuba, it's, it's basically your Lupin. Yeah, that's uh, my fandom. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to, I would love to see it animated. I think it would do really well, as you said, because with the rise of of Lightback Camp and uh, that genre, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would do. I think it would do really well. I think just the the timing kind of hurts. There it, is most definitely a place in the mark in the anime market. For a Yotsuba anime adaptation, uh, I think that it, I think that it has a has the chance to be a, a 
I don't know if this is just me being optimistic or whatever, but I think that it has the content and the ability to have a, you know, decent impact, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think anybody would disagree that Yosupo would make a great anime for sure. I think, uh, I mean, it's still ongoing. It's up to what, nine volumes? Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's 13. 13. Okay. So I wasn't too far off. So it's, st- it's still going. I would like, I would like it to finish or be really, really close to finishing before we got it, whenever that will be. Uh, I would not want it to be one of those uh, things where they have to make up an anime original ending. Uh, at all i think we are also at the point where we're kind of on the cusp of things moving over into more 3d cg stuff uh, as a whole yeah we're seeing a lot more stuff like uh, the dragon quest movie like the pokemon movies like the new lupon movie uh, where you see a lot of animators testing uh, yeah doing this this test into how well they can realistically do 3d cg anime and a lot of studios are pretty much saying that, yep, this is the future. So sooner rather than later, we're getting a lot more 100% CG works. Uh, like it or hate it, uh, that's unfortunately the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, uh, unless it were something really amazing, unless we get a great technological breakthrough, I don't really don't wouldn't want to see Azuma's style in a CG show. Uh, I know that we already did get that in Danbo. Uh, yeah, yeah, we. we I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. Go ahead. Nyanbo is a. Uh, it's just a. It's kind of a. It's just. A, it's a little like short series about uh, you know, one of the uh, like central icons of of, of Yotsuba, and it's three uh, G. It's three D uh, CG, and uh, you know it's it's fine. You know it doesn't look terrible, but once again, like the Danbo character is not human it's very boxy and very easy to put into a 3d space so like it that is why that character would lend itself to 3d animation but i think that yotsuba is a especially uh, if you look at uh, how azuma's art has progressed into the later volumes because he is really technically talented so his his drawings of like buildings and fields and you know like stuff that is like static it it contrasts <coughs> extremely well with his very simple uh character designs and well, it, and they I, emphasize I, I... each other which is which is really good and i think that putting it in a 3d space could work but def- but we definitely have to see a, a leap in technology I think it really depends on the studio um, who who gets um, the rights to it. Plus, prob- the, the mangaka can, has probably uh, rights and can decide, like, yes, you can make this into a, into a, a CG show. No, you can't. Um, like, I, I, I don't, I think Tobias is right to some degree that um, CGI animation is becoming more and more prominent but we're still seeing really good digitally animated shows uh, it's it's not i i would say digital uh see digital cgi shows are not the dominant uh force yet no so uh, i and i also think it really depends on the studio and and 3d cgi can look good like the new lupin the third movie yeah 
that's um, CGI looks pretty good based off the footage and trailers that have been released. And there's shows like Land of the Lustrous, which use the CGI in its very distinctive style. So it just really depends on how the studio handles the tool set that they're given. Definitely. I could agree with that. For sure. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it certainly, it deserves an adaptation. I don't think anybody would really disagree with that. Um, why, why would you, but, uh, it's a matter of timing. Uh, we, we didn't get one sort of in the height of its popularity. You know, it's both still new and fresh and still a thing, which I think is great because we would have gotten an anime original ending, which I wouldn't have liked. But at this point, it'd be a matter of trying to bring it back uh, from, you know, in terms of popularity and and attention. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's impossible. I think the style would definitely hold up as such. Will we? Mm, It's really going to matter, you know, depend on what studio does it. Yeah. So what I'm saying is David Production, give us Yotsubato. (laughs) shaft yeah, and and and, <laughs> oh, uh, and the monkey's paw will be a polygon pictures oh, no bill <laughs> cut, cut you off cut you off oh my god all right uh, i think that's a, as good a place to to, to end just hear Andy. oh my god uh so hey thank you guys for for uh sitting through uh and entertaining me and uh, watching the series <laughs> and doing this podcast with me uh, I had a I had a good time. I hope you guys had a good time too. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time to to rewatch the show and to revisit it and talk about it. Uh, yeah, Azumanga is a, a great great time. Definitely. Yes, it was a pleasure. Oh, uh, well, thank you, uh, uh, everybody listening. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Third Impact Anime Podcast once again. I don't know what episode number this is going to be. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We're up in the... Where are we in terms of episode number? We're uh, in the mid... I think we're in the like in the 80s right now. Awesome. Sweet. Um, so if you enjoy you know, what we do, then uh, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter, at uh, TI underscore anime. For our personal Twitters, uh, uh, where can people find you on, on Twitter, Bill? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WB Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, 999. Usually I am retweeting Lupin crap, probably to Tobias's annoyance uh, to the nth degree. Um, I am, I, I usually uh, like to observe and I'll comment occasionally, uh, but I'm mostly... Uh, vocal on our website which is www.thirdimpactanime.com which uh, I highly recommend you listener go and check that out Um, before before this year of 2020 came upon us everybody did their top 10 or their I shouldn't say top 10 their favorite things of the past year which could have been um, movies, TV, video games, books. Uh, I-, I loved everyone's different list because it was a very diverse uh, selection of stuff. Uh, I also did a uh, top 10 uh, news events from this past year, which I, I think uh, is pretty good. And I'll probably be doing more writing stuff this year. Uh, this more stuff cooking in the old brain of, of articles to write. 
You can find me on the internet at geocities.com slash reverend uh, slash reverend underscore tobias.html. Wow. Don't forget your live journal, Tobias. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Man, my live journal got purged years ago, man. <laughs> At some point, they sent me an email. It's like, yeah, you haven't posted in a while. We're going to purge your your journal. And I, yep, you can go ahead and do that. I don't even need to read mm-hmm. all my cringeworthy high school thoughts. Get it off of the yeah. internet, please. <laughs> Probably in a Russian database somewhere. But so for... <laughs> what's she going to do? Yeah. So for everyone under 18... Uh, he means uh, at Reverend underscore Tobias on Twitter. That that that's what he means. Just just just, uh, just if you're just under eighty listening to this podcast. Uh, I don't know why you got better things to yeah, do. Why are you here? Why uh, are you here? You're under eighteen. Anyway, uh, you can find me on on Twitter at, at Toaster underscore Mike. This time of year is uh, basketball season, so uh, I am. Uh, uh, a sad fan of Wake Forest basketball. Yeah. Sports. Yep, go sports. The, the good sports ball. Yeah, the good sports ball. Uh, so if you really like us and feel like throwing some money our way, uh, you can go over to uh, our Ko-Fi page. Uh, you can you can uh, check us free coffee if you want to. Uh, or you can go over to our Patreon because... You know, you get over 80 episodes into a podcast. It becomes oh. inevitable that you have to make Andrew, a Patreon. It's, Andrew, it's internet law that if you do something on the internet, whether it's YouTube or podcasting, a Patreon will appear. I mean... It is. Yeah. It's it's internet law. It is. It is. And we are just following the law. So if you guys want to chuck a couple bucks at us, you know, go, uh, go, uh, go over to our Patreon and... Uh, you know, we've got some good reward tiers over there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they all are, but uh, I know they're good. So uh, if you want to chuck us some money, then go ahead over there. Um, and with that, uh, thank you for listening. I think that's all from me. Chikari, 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 Chikari. So now-